Slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman. Blocked by Polak and Rice. Another spectacular stop. Broussard tees it up and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson. Marcel with the open net and he scores. Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Believe it or not, one game to go before the All-Star break, and tonight's game against the New York Rangers will be the last game the Islanders play in the month of January, as they have the bye week and the All-Star break coming up, so that part of the schedule Uh, You know, look, they'll have 10 days off before hosting the Vancouver Canucks on February 1st. So, you know, 11 days off for the New York Islanders. And the other thing is the trade deadline right now, a little more than four weeks away. It's February the 24th. So, you know, it's, it's getting to be that time where teams have to put up or shut up and, uh, you know, get themselves together, become cohesive, and add the pieces that they need to add to begin to gear up for that playoff run. And, you know, the Islanders will have played 49 games before the All-Star break. And uh, lots to talk about throughout today's show. And we're going to talk about tonight's game at Madison Square Garden against the Rangers, an important game for this Islanders team. We will have an old Rangers-Islanders matchup on this date in Islanders history, and we'll talk about some of the things this team needs to do to try to get back on track, because right now, uh, the Islanders definitely struggling on the ice, and uh, look, losers right now of three straight and four out of five, yeah, they got a point against Carolina, but you know, like I said, we had this six-game stretch right before the All-Star break. Three of the games against the Rangers, five out of the six against divisional teams, and right now, one, three, and one. Not the way you want to finish things up heading into the All-Star break. All right, if you want to join the show, you have a question, a comment, a topic you'd like us to discuss, feel free to send us an email, the email address, LockedOnIslanders.com at gmail.com. You could follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I, and we'll keep you up to date on all things happening in and around the New York Islanders organization. And look, let's let's talk a little bit about what's been going wrong with this team. And I think there's a few things. First of all, you know, for a large part of the season, and especially during that 17-game point streak, the Islanders were first in the league at goals against. And right now, they have slipped all the way down to fourth. So, look, 
no question about it that this team misses Adam Pellick. And he's been out now for 10 games. And the Islanders have struggled in those 10 games without Pellick. And it really does bring up the issue of whether or not the Islanders need to add a defenseman to their roster to at least replace some of the steadiness and reliability that Pellick used to have. Look, in the 10 games since Pellick has gone down with an injury, the Islanders are 3-5-2. and two. Simeon Varlamov does not seem to be the same goaltender recently. Whether Pellick's absence is part of the reason for that, or he's getting a little bit tired as the season goes on with his increased workload, it's difficult to say. But clearly, the team's defense has not been as effective without Pellick, their top minute guy, their most reliable defenseman in the lineup. And if I am Lou Lamarillo and I look at my team and I say, you know what? We are good enough to contend this year if I make a couple of moves. To me, one of those moves is to get a steady defenseman who can play 20 plus minutes a game and be reliable in his own zone to take the place of Adam Pellick for the rest of this season. I also think they still need a power play quarterback. Doesn't have to be an expensive addition. Doesn't have to be a star player. Can be, you know, a a Mark Streit or a Brian Burrard before he was hurt. Uh, Or even a Marc-Andre Bergeron, who, you know, was only going to play on the power play. But... You know, he played maybe 10 minutes a game. Seven or eight of them were on the power play, but he added something on that power play. Now, Bergeron had more of a shot than was was he a quarterback on the power play, but the idea of a power play specialist is not something that scares me. But, you know, someone who can move the puck around, be the point guard or the quarterback of that power play, is still something the Islanders really need to consider adding as we get closer to the trade deadline. And then, again, I would add two forwards. Uh, One from Bridgeport, whether it be Kiefer uh, Bellows, whether it be Andrew Ladd, who is still down there. Uh, And then I would try to bring in another forward. Uh, Maybe Tyler Toffoli, uh, who is rumored to be out there. Uh, A couple of players who, you know, and we'll talk more about this as we get closer to the trade deadline, but realistically speaking, the Islanders need badly to get some more scoring punch and increase their power play, steady their defense. I like Noah Dobson a lot, but at best, he's your sixth defenseman. And to rely on him game in and game out becomes a little bit shaky now he should get better and now you get one of those situations where there's a calculation that Lou Lamorello and Barry Trotz have to make if we leave Noah Dobson out there and give him more playing time and let him make his mistakes in February and maybe the first half of March will he become a reliable enough player after the trade deadline 
down the stretch into the playoffs that we don't need to make an addition? Or do we realize straight up right away that Noah Dobson is a great potential? He has great potential. He's going to be a very good player in this league. But if we want to make a run this year, we need to add somebody to the roster, whether it's a rent-a-player or someone who's going to stick around beyond this spring. Uh, I think they need to bring in somebody, but that's the calculated risk. That's the decision that Lou Lamarillo needs to make if he's going to put this team in contention. And I think the next two or three weeks, you know, after the All-Star break, the first you know, two weeks of February between the February 1st game against Vancouver and Valentine's Day, uh, which puts you about a week and a half away from the trade deadline. How the team performs during those couple of weeks may be the determining factor as to how, you know, what moves, if any, Lou Lamorello decides to make. I don't think we're going to see anything huge, but I think we're going to see something come the trade deadline. All right, we're going to step aside when we come back. We still have a full preview of tonight's game against the Rangers at the Garden and this Dayton Islanders history, plus a whole lot more. Stay with us. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Here's the other thing that is important and Islander fans really have to keep in mind. And and again, I think it's, uh, you know, look, when you struggle as a hockey team, and the Islanders clearly are struggling in the last couple of weeks. When you struggle as a hockey team, you need to go back to whatever your identity is. Simplify the game and do what it is you do best. And for the Islanders, that is start with strong play in your own zone. Limit your opponents to two goals or less in a game. If you can do that and do that consistently, you're going to win most of your hockey games. And during this slump, the Islanders have not always done a good job of that. When the Islanders give up two goals or fewer in a game, they are 2-1-1 in the month of January. When they give up more than two goals in a game, the record is much, much worse than that. They are 1-4, and four, giving up three or more goals in the month of January. The only win they've got is that 4-3 win in New Jersey uh, against the Devils back on January 7th. But, look, you give up six goals to the Rangers at the Garden, lose 6-2. to two. Give up three goals to the Rangers at the Coliseum, lose 3-2. to two. Give up five goals in the third period to the Capitals, and you end up losing 6-4. to four. Uh, You know, the Bruins game, you lose 3-2, to two, giving up three goals, give up three goals to Toronto. Yeah, one of them an empty netter. But basically speaking, if you're not going to hold the opposition to two goals or fewer, you are not going to win a lot of hockey games if you're the New York Islanders. That's the way this team is built. So you got to keep it simple in your own end. Be sound positionally. And I think this has been a huge problem for this team over the last few games, especially. Keep it simple and just get the puck out of harm's way when it's in your zone. 
Don't make the fancy play. Don't try to make the pretty pass. Don't skate the puck out. Uh, and, and if you don't have a play when you're in the, in, in the neutral zone, if you don't have room, dump the puck in and go get it. But at the end of the day, go back to the fundamentals, the basic game plan, and execute that game plan that made this team successful in October and November and into early December during that 17-game point streak. Now look, the old cliche in sports is you're never as good as you are when you're on a winning streak and you're never as bad as you are when you're on a losing streak. And I think that's true. Nobody expected the Islanders to keep up, you know, a 14-0-3 pace uh, that they had during that 17-game point streak. Nobody did. It wasn't realistic. But I think they're a better team than what they've shown over the last two or three weeks, uh, you know, in the last 10 games since Pellick went down. They are a better team than what they've shown. And you got to go back to basics. Don't cough up the puck. It is so frustrating to watch this team commit giveaways and turnovers and, you know, you can go to all these advanced stats and all these advanced metrics, but at the end of the day, so many giveaways by players who you don't expect to be coughing up the puck, whether it's Matthew Barzal, who leads the the league right now in giveaways, uh, Brock Nelson, Anthony Bavillier, Josh Bailey, who had that very costly turnover uh, in, over the weekend, uh, Jordan Eberle, Derek Broussard, you know, taking foolish penalties. Go back to the fundamental basics that made this team successful earlier in the year. You know, go back to the KISS, uh, you know, philosophy. Keep it simple, stupid. And I think, you know, facing the Rangers, you know, you got, the guys get a little more up for the game. The crowd is certainly louder the inspiration is there, but don't try to be fancy. Just go to the net, screen the goalie, get the tips, get the rebounds, and in your own zone, make the simple play to clear the puck out and start your transition game. Because right now, this team is self-destructing. Coughing up pucks in their own zone, turning the puck over in the neutral zone, or just over uh, you know, the opponent's blue line, making just, you know, foolish mistakes that are costing them. They are better than what they've shown over the last, you know, couple of weeks, but now they have to prove it. They have to prove it. And I'm telling you, the problem right now is the standings are so tight. The Islanders right now Six points behind the Pittsburgh Penguins with one game in hand. Ten points behind the Washington Capitals with one game in hand. Columbus is just one point back with the Islanders having two games in hand. Carolina, two points back. Islanders have one game in hand. Philadelphia, three points behind the Islanders with the Islanders having one game in hand. It isn't easy. You can't afford to go into a slump. That cushion that the Islanders had at the end of their 17-game point uh, streak is gone. The Penguins managed to pass the Islanders and now are six points ahead of them, 
despite the fact that they didn't have Sidney Crosby in the lineup for the majority of, of the last, you know, month, month and a half. So this team cannot afford a prolonged slump. They need to write the ship and they need to write it now or even a playoff berth may not be in their future if they continue to stumble the way they have been over the last 10, 12 games. All right, we're going to come back, go back to this date in Islanders history, and it's a big rivalry game with the Rangers from five years ago, and we'll also preview tonight's game at Madison Square Garden. All this and more to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, let's take you back to this date in Islanders history at Madison Square Garden. We go back to January 21st. 2015 Rangers and Islanders facing off just like they will later tonight and in the Rangers struck quickly in this game Rick Nash scoring just 62 seconds into the game his 15th from Chris Kreider and the Rangers led 1-0 then at 11:07 Nash comes through again his 16th from Dan Girardi and Kreider picking up his second helper. And suddenly, it's 2 to nothing in favor of the home team. And it looked like the Islanders were going to get blown out of the building. Goaltenders in this game, by the way, Patrick Poulan for the Islanders. Cam Talbot for the Rangers. All right. So, Islanders trailing two to nothing in this contest, but they get back into it late in the first period. Matt Martin, his third from Tavares and Ocposo at 17-22, and after 20 minutes, it is a two-to-one hockey game. Rangers still leading. Then the Rangers add to their lead on the power play in the second period with John Tavares off for hooking. Kreider, his 13th on the power play from Derek Stepan and Brad Richards at 9.34. And the Rangers suddenly had a 3-1 lead. But the Islanders came back. Thomas Hickey, the defenseman, his third of the year from Oposo and Thomas Vanek at 13.22 made it a 3-2 hockey game. And then Colin McDonald, his fourth from Tavares and Peter Regan at 16.36. And after 40 minutes, the game was all even at three apiece as the Islanders mounted their comeback. In the third period, the Rangers are called for too many men on the ice and the Islanders make them pay. At 15.22, Vanek on the power play, his 18th, from John Tavares and Franz Nielsen, and it was 4-3 to three Islanders. Franz Nielsen adds an empty netter with less than 7 seconds on the clock, unassisted, and it is the Islanders beating the Rangers at Madison Square Garden by a score of 5-3. to three. John Tavares with 3 assists in this game, 2 assists for Kyle Oposo, And at the end of the day, the Islanders come away with the victory. Franz Nielsen and Thomas Vanek each add a goal and an assist. 
And of all the players, Vanek and Peter Regan each had five shots on goal in this game for the Islanders. And Matt Martin led the team with three hits uh, in this contest. So the Islanders with the victory, a 5-3 to three win on this date in Islanders history, January the 21st, 2014. So six years ago today, Islanders beating the Rangers at the Garden, and they will play again at the Garden tonight, which is basically why we picked this game to break down. I When you look at the Rangers lineup, they are 10th in the league in goals scored, 20th in goals against, although they are working on that goals against now since they have brought up Igor Shesterkin uh, to the team. He's played three games, won two of them for this team, a 268 goals against average, 929 save percentage. Henrik Lundqvist, 9, 10, and 3 on the season, a 318 goals against average, a 907 save percentage, and then Alexander Georgiev uh, right now, 12, 9, and uh, 1 on the season, a 306 goals against average, and a 913 save percentage, and when you break down the schedule, Georgiev played both games between these two teams, Islanders winning, uh, excuse me, Rangers winning 6-2 at the Garden back on January 13th, and then on the 16th, uh, at the Coliseum, Rangers with that last-minute goal skated away with a 3-2 victory. So Islanders 0-2 against the Rangers this year, and you know that's bothering Islanders fans. And it's also bothering Islanders fans that the person who really beat them in that first matchup was Artemi Panarin. He leads the Rangers 26 goals and 68 points. And... Look, the Islanders made an offer to Panarin, offered him more money than the Rangers did, and he chose the Rangers anyway. Then he goes out and really hurts the Islanders on the ice with his five-point game in the first meeting between these two teams. Ex-Islander Ryan Strom, second on the team with 30 assists and 42 points. Tony D'Angelo, 37 points, as does Mika Zabinijad. And Chris Kreider, 16 goals, 31 points, but a very much an up-and-down kind of a player for the Rangers. You look at the line combinations. Zabinijad centers the top line with Kreider and Pavel Buchnevich on his wings. Ryan Strom is the second-line center with Panarin and Jesper Fast on his flanks. Uh, Philippe Cheadle is the third-line pivot with Brett Howden and Capo Caco on his wings. And Greg McKegg centers Brandon Lemieux and Brendan Smith on the fourth line. On defense, Brady Shea and Jacob Truba are the top pair. Mark Stahl, the veteran, and Anthony D'Angelo are the second pairing. And Adam Fox and Ryan Lindgren are the third pair. No players on injured reserve right now for the Rangers. They are more or less healthy. And again just for momentum purposes and for pride. If you're the New York Islanders, you've got to find a way to get two points in this game. Almost doesn't matter if the Rangers get a point, if this game goes to overtime or a shootout, as long as the Islanders come away with two points because the way they've been playing lately, they really need to 
just get back on track. And when you've got 11 days in between games, you really don't want another loss lingering in the back of your head the way, you know, another loss to the Rangers would. And you also don't want to head into the break losing your last four games uh, before the All-Star break. So it's difficult, but we'll see. Uh, Hopefully the Islanders can bounce back, can salvage this last game, and head into the break on a high note. Now don't forget, on tomorrow's show, we will once again have a crossover show with our friends at Locked On Rangers, and we will analyze this game uh, from the perspective of both teams. Make sure you join us tomorrow. We will push our usual Wednesday farm report to Thursday so we can do uh, this crossover show tomorrow. So we'll have that. We'll have this Dayton Islanders history and a whole lot more. Make sure you join us for that. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a five-star rating and leave a review, a, a few comments. It helps other people find the podcast and helps us grow the Locked On Islanders family. That's going to do it for us today on the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Thanks for joining us. We are the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.